0: Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music from Dragon Age Inquisition, and you won't hear from the composer this week, but you will hear talk about birds in that game and other games in our main segment. First, though, you'll hear from Patron of the Week, Anthony Boats. Anthony sent a fabulous list of his favorite video game music, complete with his personal thoughts on each track. We talk about a song from Lunar Silver Star Story Complete called Wings, and we start with the track from Invisible Inc. called Factory to Market Wholesalers.
1: The reason I picked specifically Factory to Market Wholesalers as, as the representative ones, I thought that it was the track that best worked with the structure where they have these multiple layers of the track. And when you shift out to look at the game's mainframe, it goes into that more digital sound. And then as you progress through the level and the alarm level starts increasing and the difficulty goes up and and it gets more tense, the music ramps that up by adding in bass tracks and these extra little elements that increase the tension for you as a player So you kind of feel the stress that is put on the characters that you're controlling.
0: Sure. And tell me a little bit more about the game, just because this is a smaller game and not everyone might be familiar with it. Right, yeah. Invisible
1: Ink is uh, from Clay, and everything Clay makes is artwork. It's like the best games out there. I put my faith in clay. Anytime they announce a new title, I, hmm. I 100% am behind them, even if it's something outside of my normal purview of games and invisible ink is a strategy stealth game. You enter into a map that you don't know the layout of, and there are guards patrolling and the guards have deadly weapons that will instantly kill your team, if they're seen, and so you have to sneak up, look through doors, uh, and and disable cameras or take control of cameras to get visibility on the level uh, using an artificial intelligence that you have access to that hacks into their network, and you have a team of soldiers that each has their own special abilities you can utilize, and. The goal is to explore the map, steal as many things from these evil corporations that you can, and then get to the exit elevator without getting caught. You only have one set of soldiers or or agents, so if you die in a level, that's it, you're done. If you lose one soldier, uh, they will usually be captured. And I think there's a possibility <laughs> you can get them back later in the game. But it is a one of those permadeath-style games, so if you fail then you have to start all the way over at the uh, from the beginning. It's a strength and a weakness. I know some people don't like losing all their progress and having to start over, but it results in a slightly shorter game. It allows in random maps every time so that it's always a new surprise. You can't just plan out a strategy that always works.
0: I'd never heard of is Lunar
1: Silver Star story. Oh, what a, what a fantastic and terrible choice. I.
0: <laughs> I know exactly, and and I'm choosing it because of what you wrote because it's hilarious. Do you mind if I do you mind if I bring it up and quote Just you? Go here? right ahead. All right, so you choose the English version, which I didn't hear. I heard the Japanese version. So okay, <laughs> this is what you say. The recording on this track is bad, the lyrics are trite, the music is kind of banal, the singing is not brilliant, but damn it if it doesn't choke me up every time I hear it.
2: In your dreams, magical thoughts All things are real unless you dream they're not In your dreams, love is the plot Carried on wings of hope
1: Yeah, Lunar Siller Star Story uh, was an older RPG. They remade it for PlayStation. And when they did, they added voice acting, they added these songs, um, and it had an English release, and they translated everything. And the recording quality on the translations, it it was old. It was was designed to go onto a PlayStation disc, so the compression wasn't great. So the version of the song that I have in MP3 is just Like I don't even know if there is a high-quality, high-def version of the song, but I've only ever heard it in this way. And it still conveys the story of that game, and I remember that journey. And I played that game 15, 20 years ago, so it's it's Mm -hmm. just uh, nostalgia comes in. What is she singing about? What does she say? Uh, she is singing, and I think this is actually a change. I, I, I was not familiar with the Lunar series prior to its re-release. And I believe in the original version of the game, she didn't travel. Like She was left behind, and you as the main character, the boy, go off on your adventure. And they they rewrote the game uh, to bring the, the female childhood friend along on the adventure. <laughs> and she's singing about... Okay. Uh, leaving that life behind and going on the adventure and taking that risk.
0: Anthony's other choices were Dragon's Rest from World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King by Derek Duke. ching from wild star by jeff kurtnacker and sinful rose from disgaia 2 by tenpai sato You can find out how to become a Patron of the Week at patreon.com level. Benji Inager teaches music technology, media art, and other design courses at Bethany Lutheran College in Mankato, Minnesota. Mankato is in the southwest part of the state, just so you're aware. He is a composer, too, and a sound designer for games and other media as well. Benji did a panel at GlitchCon here in Minneapolis in early May. I went to that panel and through it discovered that Benji is an amateur bird watcher. Now I know maybe like what a hundredth of what Benji does about birds, but I know enough to notice things in games, and certainly when I'm out and about in this area for sure. And I invited him on the show to talk about birds in sound design of games. We start off talking about the panel he did at GlitchCon.
2: The panel specifically was about, uh, it was called Sonic Storytelling, um, and it was just, essentially some different things to consider and, and some some nuts and bolts on what to consider as a sound designer for telling better stories or what you can do with sound to enhance or support a story. You know, kind of one of the classic examples is like a phone ring. Phones ring all the time in games and everything. It's, it's just such a common thing. And so you can go and just pick the first phone ring that you record or that you find a file for, or you can take a bunch of time and think about like, well, how can I actually impact the dramatic action with the phone ring? You know, Mm -hmm. something as seemingly innocuous as a phone ring, you can actually, you know, do a lot with in terms of storytelling. And so it's all those little things that you can bring to the story that weren't necessarily there, that weren't necessarily dictated to you. Mm -hmm. And who were your panel mates? (laughs) And this this was kind of a uh, funny deal, too, because I came in sort of thinking I was going to do it by myself. And and so the first guy that I sort of drafted in there was uh, Topher. Mm -hmm. Topher Pinkle. Yep. And then that morning, he had introduced me to Akash Takar. And I didn't know who he was right away. Topher was just like, hey, meet this guy. And Mm -hmm. then he wandered off somewhere. And we ended up talking for a good 20 minutes um, and figured out who he was. And he's just the most gracious, sweetest guy yep. uh, ever. He's amazing. So, yeah, we got to talking that I was doing this panel and I just kind of casually invited him. Well, you know what you're talking about. You want to step in on this thing. And so we went out to lunch and kind of I took him through my presentation and hammered it out. And Akash was the sound
0: designer for or the audio director for Hyperlight Drifter, one of the two.
2: Or yeah, both? I think he was the sound designer. Oh, okay, sound designer. And, yeah. Yep, for Hyperlight Drifter. Mm-hmm. And, and he did some amazing things, and it, immediately from. After GlitchCon, you know, one of his big things for that one was the stethoscope microphone. And so uh, immediately afterwards, I went on Amazon and got the parts and built my own and, you know, immediately started uh, recording cat guts. And, you know, it was like, (laughs) hey, random pet walking by, what is your, what kind of weird things can we make from your breathing sounds and junk like that? And so I learned a lot from him just in a day and, and what he brought to. That design with his very unique things that he almost uh, invented for that project were just really fascinating. Yeah, he's super talented dude.
0: So I went to that panel, and it was great. And through that panel, learned that you are kind of an amateur birder. Yep. Right. And and <laughs> I am even more so of an amateur birder, but I've really always been into bird well not always, but probably in the last eight years or so been into bird song and appreciate being able to identify birds around the Twin Cities at least. And things like that. And and so I just thought, wow, we have to talk about bird song in games <laughs> because you know sometimes they get it pretty wrong and it's just humorous and the most glaring of those benji of course is the bald eagle i mean this is this is <laughs> glaring in every single aspect of media and that's because bald eagles sound kind of shitty
2: don't they they do they 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 just kind of have this squeaky beepy sort of really wussy yeah, like an impressive a squeaky thing squeaky door kind of yeah yeah and for this you know for this animal that's held up as this completely majestic symbol of our country thing it's it's voice is so tiny and just completely completely goes against what you think of when you think of a bald eagle so for A long time, there's another bird really common around here called the red tailed hawk, and and that bird has been doing the Hollywood voiceover for the bald eagle for, you know, 70 years. Birds are really interesting in design because they, they, they can do so many things. I mean, there's just such a huge variety. I think there's something like 740 species of bird just in the continental North America. <laughs> and so between that, there's just a humongous variety of the sounds that come out of their faces. And so you can just get all kinds of you know things that sound very alarming, things that sound very sweet. So from a design aspect, there's just such an amazing palette there to work with. But then at the same time, birds are so common that they're almost transparent, right? Like you can take a 10 minute walk around your block and probably walk by 40 different kinds of birds, but you're not aware of that. They're Mm -hmm. just, they're just always there. There's such a ingrained part of your environment that, uh, they're, you know, it's, it's ripe for, uh, something that you can highly manipulate with design, which is pretty great. And such a vehicle for nostalgia too, like around here, one of the first, uh, a very common bird around here is a red-winged blackbird. And when you hear those guys start singing, he's like, oh, I know it's spring now. You know, winter's <laughs> finally on its way out. I hear the red wings. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so they're so deeply connected with environments that we're familiar with and with nostalgia that they're just so, such a great palette for design.
0: Yeah, I have noticed there are times. You know, the bald eagle red-tailed hawk thing is so ubiquitous that I don't really it doesn't really bother me anymore. It just I guess I snicker a little, but it doesn't really bother me. But there have been times where a bird sound will pull me out of the fantasy of a game. And for me the most recent example I can think of is Dragon Age Inquisition where I'm I'm pretty sure they had a whippoorwill in there, oh, sure. which is it which is kind of a, a tiny bit of an annoying bird call in the first place So how about for you what are some examples that you've noticed where birds have been used really well or
2: where it kind of maybe took you out of out of the context of the world a little one that I played recently that I just thought d- that was done spectacularly well was Firewatch. Mm-hmm. Um did you play Firewatch? No. I know. Oh, man. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, And that one was cool to me because it, it, you know, it's so heavily based in reality. And and so for most of this, you're setting up some kind of fantasy world where you're taking real sounds and manipulating them into some kind of, you know, something new, something else. But that one was so grounded in reality and in a really specific place. I mean, like a real national park that you can go visit in real life. Hmm. It's been a couple months since I played it now. And so I think on the title screen of that game, there's a single sparrow that's singing. I think it's like a field sparrow something. I can't remember. And uh, that one, they just did such a great amount of detail in terms of the research and in terms of the realism to bring to a very realistic game. Another one that I think they did a really nice job on is um, throughout the Assassin's Creed series and specifically um, Black Flag, I thought was really cool because there's so many different environments down in the uh, Caribbean down there, and which comes with a very specific type of bird, you know, that's mm-hmm. down there and you can walk around and there was all kinds of, you know, like frigates and brown pelicans and all sorts of things that you hear down there that are so different, but they they did a really nice job with their research and bringing those to life. On the flip side of things, there's, yeah. <laughs> you know... Uh, I think a lot of times it comes down to using sounds that are just more so easy as opposed to, you know, it's like, oh, we need a bird here. Well, you know, like, let's take this robin or this house sparrow, you know, things that are really easily available because birds are so, uh, so common that they're almost, you know, transparent kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, the snooty thing, of course, to do would be like, well, you know, clearly that pyroluxia only belongs in the American Southwest and you wouldn't <laughs> find it in this. And, you know, like, yeah, you can yeah, do yeah. That. But you see that everywhere. I mean, sure. it's so common that uh, I guess nothing really specifically stands out that just completely face planted.
0: Well, and of course, birds aren't the only thing for that either. There's all kinds of things where you know, just design, as you said, wins out. Where it's whether it's animals or plants or you know, tigers. Oh, yeah, you can tigers in the Elder Scrolls Online or or whatever. You know.
2: Yeah, and people do that with uh, like clothes and with weaponry and stuff like that, you know, you can, sure. you can nitpick design versus reality for any little thing that goes on with, with people's accents as they're speaking, you know, like sure, just gets down to how, you know, everybody cares deeply about something. And so everybody's had this conversation at some point where it was like, well, clearly that wasn't, you know, historically factual. Yeah. But yeah. Sure. So when did you first start getting into birds? I've always been into animals my whole life. And, and that was actually a career option for a while is, is thinking some kind of animal biology. And I didn't really get into birds until college where my freshman year I was taking a zoology class and uh, my professor and, and now really close friend and colleague, his name is Chad, I was taking his zoology course and I missed a field trip. And so he's like, well, in order to make up for this, you got to go birding with me. And and <sighs> at, the, at the time, you know, as a freshman in college, that sounded like the lamest thing I could possibly possibly be doing with my life on a Saturday. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, I went out with them and I was hooked instantly. Just the, the variety and just there, there's a real like thrill of the chase, you know, kind of trying to track down the rare things that you never knew existed. And you'll walk by four birds before you notice one. They're, they're so well, you know, hidden. And, and there's just a really fun thrill of the hunt and so much information and so much personality. Mm-hmm. And for me too, I'm quite colorblind. Um, And so, like, kind of bird song and and being able to identify and find birds by their song as opposed to what they look like has been kind of a a fun, exciting thing for me. Being a music geek and a sound geek um, and a colorblind guy, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, this is going to be my go-to way to find things is by bird song. And, of course, you know studying music and stuff like that there's so many great examples from Vivaldi and Messiaen and you know stuff like that that just use bird song so well and so it's all these interests that I have animal biology and music and sound and all these things come together really well with birds and so yeah it was just kind of a a really fun discovery and I haven't looked back since. (laughs) So just just a one or two more bird questions. No, that's fine. I, I
0: understand it. this is a video <clears throat> game podcast, everyone. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what are some of your
2: favorites locally? Mm, locally, um, I love owls, and so uh, barred owl. <coughs> It's got a beautiful song that's really unique, and they're really vocal. I really like uh, Kingbirds. Uh, that's one around here. Uh, Meadowlarks. Um, I'm I'm kind of an anti-winter person, so I'm kind of drawn to the birds that start singing when the snow starts to melt. And so they they always make me feel a little better. Mm-hmm. So those those you know very vocal spring birds, I just love. In any of the uh, Lord of the Rings. Anything, the ring wraiths, that one was created primarily from a barn owl. Um, and so, like, they have this really haunting, kind of inhale screamy sort of sound. It's really freaky if you ever hear one. That crazy screamy ring wraith sound came from barn owls, um, which is a really famous and, and really kind of cool example of how this is used.
0: Barn owl is different than what you mentioned just a few minutes ago. The barred owl, and barred that's something owl. very easy to to mistake. But barred, as in it has bars on its wings, right? On the, on its chest. On its chest, it has bars yep. on its chest. So B A R R E D barred owl is what you were talking about, and then that's they correct. Use barn owls for ring race, very cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. Yeah, you see a lot of that somewhere. I mean, like like I said, there's so much variety in in the noises that birds make, that you see them all over design. The other thing too, is that birds mean something to everyone. You know, you don't have to be a bird watcher or, or anything like that, but everyone has some kind of favorite bird or, you know, around here in Minnesota, it's like, oh, did you hear the loons on the lake? You know, like that's kind of our thing in Minnesota, yeah. but it's just this animal that, that means something to everyone. And everyone has some kind of connection to a you know, some kind of bird song or something like that, that it's just omnipresent. They're everywhere and, and and it's just means something. Birds are so reactive to their environment that they're a really useful tool as well. Uh, like for example, in many games out there, you're crawling around in nature, you're sneaking around or something like that. Some birds scold you, they'll sound an alarm and yell at you. Um, some will fly away. Some will, you know, there's things like if you're crawling around in the bushes and hunting down an enemy and, and you're hearing, you know, just environmental stuff. What if all of a sudden to your left you hear that the birds aren't there anymore? That probably means that somebody is over there that scared them off. And and so like there there's a lot of ways within an environment to use birds as well. You can tell a lot of stories about the environment that you're in by, you know, where the birds are moving around and what they're doing and stuff like that, too. So that's another kind of way that, that we can use them. Benji, thank you so much for talking with
0: me about birds today. Very, very cool stuff and so many applications for games. And it's really fun to chat with you about
2: it. Absolute pleasure. This was wonderful, Emily. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to episode 72 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Benji Inniger at patreon.com/level. There's not much of a playlist to speak of this week, but you will find links to Anthony our patron of the week's choices at patreon.com/level, as well as a list of birds Benji and I talked about. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi Sam. <coughs> Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc. Learn more at june-media.com, and June is J-O-O-N.